Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 318. I am your host, Jose. As always, we're bringing fabulous guests to you every single time. Today is no different, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to introduce you to a doctor, Dr. Gene. Dr. Gene came to us through um, email, and he just found us, and we were very excited to have him through the doors and have him on the podcast. Uh, We were just wanting to say that it was just very interesting to get to know him just because he's a man of many different talents he's got books he's got education he's got also ministry so this is a man who has multiple businesses and and has coming to us from very uh very bigger uh entrepreneurships and just really was fun to get to know the man himself and get to know what kip keeps him going and what gets him excited for the future so we're excited to share that episode with you but before you do so always go check the links in the bios below and go to our app where all our episodes are located which is our website finding arizonapodcast.com and we make it easy for you guys to connect with us so follow us at our all of our social medias finding arizona podcast that's twitter instagram facebook and uh next is actually going over to the newsletter signing up for the newsletter and also if you could go do so check out our blog Brittany works very hard on the blog doesn't she Brittany she does (laughs) so we're excited to share with you this episode this episode number 318 I'm excited uh, for some more episodes down the road we're going to be skipping the just the events going on this weekend just because we just want to keep moving forward for now and then just kind of get some uh, ground underneath our feet and uh, just get back into working with the community a little bit more so 318 Dr. Gene he's also the minister for Stone Stone Point Community Church. We will see you on the next episode. Bye, y'all. Welcome back, everybody, to the Finding Arizona podcast. I'm your host, Jose. Thank you so much for joining us. Today, we have someone very special. Like every other week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you not only to a minister, an entrepreneur, a speaker, a teacher, an author. He wears many hats. Ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce you to Dr. Gene. And make sure I'm going to say this right. Herodin? Herndon. 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 Dr. Gene Herndon, thank you so much for joining us here at Finding Arizona Podcast. I want to say um, also, you are someone that we've um, had to reschedule. I like to leave an open, like leave an open book for us. It's just like, I, again, I want to show appreciation because you are someone we've had to fit in the schedule and had to come back. But I just really want to say thank you from the bottom of my heart because you are a busy man. Well, it's an honor and a privilege. And I want to thank you. For sharing your platform with me because that's you know that's that's an honorable thing and i really appreciate it hey i'm just you know providing an outlet for someone um you know for a lot of smaller voices that really don't get a chance to be heard through um other means so today is going to be one of those things that we're going to be talking about with you sir um i just want to divulge how we go about this as far as from our previous episodes we just like to ask the question of give us your origin story you know what you know, you're someone with very many years behind, you know, with your, with your story. And I'd like to understand, you know, just a couple of years of like the beginning, you know, maybe your childhood. Um, I'd like, uh, I, I know someone of your stature has some very interesting stories from your childhood. And I'd like to pick a couple out, like, can you give us, you know, how this all came to be? Sure. Absolutely. I, um, I would say the entrepreneurial side um, started when I went in high school, uh, actually in middle school, I started selling candy. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't for, you know, you're supposed to sell this stuff for the school yeah. and they benefit from it. Right. Yeah. Well, I, that math didn't work for me. <laughs> so I was selling candy myself and I was making profit about two, $300 a week. That's awesome. Uh, in, in middle school and the principal, eventually got wind of it, pulled me aside and said, listen, you can't do that. So I ended up having to, to stop doing that. But the entrepreneurial bug has been in me for a long time. And so when I graduated, uh, it's, it's bizarre that I even have a doctor because I hated school. Yeah. I hated it. Um, when I graduated from high school, I wanted to go into real estate and I did. And so I 
began practicing real estate and that was kind of where I started. And then from there, I went into uh, information technology and then ultimately um, God kind of got a hold of my life, uh, you know, and, and I began to pastor and I also have multiple businesses and things like that. And so all of this combined um, just has led me to where I am today. Absolutely. Uh, however, it's it's really been one of those things where I never thought I would go back to school and I eventually did go back to school um, and got my ultimately my doctorate in theology and it's it's been a ride. Yeah, I imagine so. I mean, I just again, it's like um, I I'd like to I like to pick out these certain stories just because I know someone with um, with just I, I can I can see it. You're a speaker and you're someone who likes to 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 talk about these interconnecting stories. I always feel like um, with any uh, sermon or any kind of any kind of speaker likes to make these connections in their lives with these stories. So I, I really do appreciate you letting me getting to know you a little bit more in your p- previous past life. Um, so you went, and I want to say this, you, you, you have the mind of an entrepreneur where you're going against the grind here and you saw an outlet where you're like, the numbers didn't add up to you. And so I was, I, I will saw it. I kind of knew it, but I followed the system. I was the one who was like, okay, well, well, how do I make this as easy as possible while still within the confines of the game? Um, you know, I, I only got second place one time and it was a pretty cool, like pat on the back for me where I was like, Oh, cool. I get to pick, you know, something from, from the box or I get to choose, you know, uh, my prize. Uh, so that was just like, that's kind of my story. I, you know, try my best to make these interconnecting, uh, within the rules try to make it work for me. Um, but you have this, have like, I've seen other entrepreneurs have this go against the grind, uh, and, and just kind of make, make something for yourself. Can you give us a little bit of what was the first business, like the first real business out of the gate with like a business license and something that you had uh, money into, and, you know, you put yourself, uh, first in, put yourself as the head person, like a boss man, CEO, what was that first business? That was, that would be real estate. Okay. Uh, real estate was definitely, you know, as, as it's an entrepreneurial endeavor. Um, you're a 1099, technically a 1099 employee uh, or contractor rather, but um, you're, you know, you're your own business. Yeah. And so that's where you have to, if you don't hustle, you know, the Bible says, if you don't work, you don't eat <laughs> Yeah. And real estate. If you don't work, you do not eat. And so I think that was at 18. Um, that was my first uh, real position. And oddly enough, um, I used to wear a wedding band um, because I wanted people to believe I was older than what I was. <laughs> Because you know who wants to do business with this? Yeah, you know this young, I had to drive yeah. higher, but people are like, you know, this young guy. So um, that was my first, I would say, entrepreneurial endeavor. Yeah, um, I left out of entrepreneurial work to go work for an IT company. Okay, and ultimately, um, I ended up being their chief sales officer. Um, and it was about a $16 million company at the time. And then September 11th happened. Mm. And when September 11th happened. That put everybody who was doing well, they were doing marginal. And yeah. okay. everyone who was marginally making it, you know, was now doing poor. And anybody who was doing terrible was gone. Gone. Yeah. Uh, and so we were doing well and it put us on the fence. And then ultimately that company, believe it or not, ended up filing for bankruptcy. And so I ended up getting a FedEx letter because I worked from home and traveled all over the country. Yeah. I ended up getting a FedEx letter on Saturday, which they knew nobody's open on, you know, none of the offices are open on Saturday. Yeah. There's nobody to talk to on Saturday, but they sent these purposely on Saturday that basically said, we have shut our doors. If you have a claim, file your claim. And you're pretty much unemployed. Return all your equipment or we're going to file this, that, and the third. Um, and so I was launched out of corporate world 
And the only thing I knew, because I had a background in real estate, I went back into real estate and I uh, did very well uh, in real estate, ultimately uh, owned a Century 21 office. And that was where I kind of returned back to the self-employed world Yeah, and began to realize I will never send myself another FedEx letter ever. I will not have go. I will not go through that ever again. Mm -hmm. And I realized from that moment that I'm not going to be subjected to someone else's poor decisions. If I'm going to struggle and suffer, it's going to be because of my poor decisions, (laughs) not because of somebody else's. And so that was kind of the catalyst uh, that sent me into um, you know, the, the world of entrepreneurship more so in perpetuity. In other words, that's the moment that kind of said, you know what, I'm not going back to, mm-hmm. to nine to five yeah. because the, 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 the risk and reward uh, ratio is not good enough for me. Mm-hmm. Can I ask you, I mean, there is um, a point in time when you have this again, um, that realization, I guess, where you're just like, huh, I'm doing it. I'm surviving. I'm floating above, you know, I'm making the mark, you know, where I'm surviving, um, on my own two feet. Was there, I guess, was there a moment or something that achieved in your life where it was like, okay, I'll be all right. This is gonna, this is working and I'm going to continue onward or was that just that what you just said that moment where you're just like this is it i'm just i'm not going back to nine to five um yeah that's a great that's a great question um because i think that um i didn't have a choice Mm -hmm. i i had a you know i had mortgages i had car payments i had um i was married to my ex-wife at the time um, I was, they had my salary, including, um, my expense account was upwards of $30,000 a month. So they owed me a lot. Yeah. And so I really had to sink or swim very quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to real estate school. I crammed it. I did it in two. I think it was like the fastest you can do it is in two weeks. Nice. And I did it in two weeks. Awesome. Um, now I had a background in yeah. real estate, so it wasn't completely fresh or brand new to me, but sure. I think having the responsibility of bills and, and the things that were piling up, um, it almost forced me to say, you don't have a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, and absolutely. so I think in that, I don't know that I had an organic moment where I was testing the waters. Cause for me, I wasn't testing the waters. Yeah. I was treading the waters, trying not to drown. Yeah, exactly. So that's kind of where um, then as I began to do well and and realize that in real estate, uh, this is, you know, back in 2000, uh, is it 2002 ish? Mm-hmm. Um, it, it really started, I started to see that I could trust in myself and I could manage well, I could lead well, mm-hmm. and we started to grow and grow. And I just began to realize that it's now, it's now or never. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So now you've given me kind of like a, a pinpoint of like, not pinpoint, but a year-ish, uh, 2002, um, you know, as you're growing and, and developing, um, where may I ask, you know, your faith? comes i imagine is a part of this journey along the way of course um you know where does it kind of make it a big influence was there something because now you have this community church that i imagine is doesn't grow from nothing there's something i imagine that had to come along with it yeah we um let me answer the first part and answer the second part the first part is um at the time when all of this transpired, losing, you know, the corporate gig, um, I was in the C level of that corporation. So I was paid well, I was doing well. Um, 
the one of the guys that that work there, one of the new people that were brought in, uh, called me into his office one time. And so I flew out to to Bethesda, Maryland. I met with him. Mm. And at the time, he was uh, the executive vice president. And he said to me, you don't know the plans that God has for you, plans to prosper you and plans to give you an expected end. Now, at that time, I had no idea. I mean, I, I, I was an altar boy in the Episcopal church. So we really didn't read the Bible. We just went and listened and I didn't have much of a background, but when he said that to me, I just listened and I'm like, okay, it it just kind of went in one ear and out the other. Mm -hmm. And long story short, when all this transpired, I began to really seek after God. And as I began to do that, um, I connected with a church, a good Bible-based church, and I began to grow and learn. And I I began to realize that that comment he made Mm -hmm. wasn't random. Yeah. It seemed random to me, (laughs) but it wasn't really random. And now, as I look back, I began to see that was the pivot point Mm -hmm. for me. That was the moment where my approach to life had changed. I understood God. He was my savior, mm-hmm. but he wasn't my Lord. He didn't tell me what to do. Are you with me? Yeah, I'm with and you. It was like my get out of jail free card. Yeah. If I could say it that way. And then I began, as I went through all these, this transition, um, I began to study for myself. I began to understand things and I, I, I began to learn. And then from that moment is where God really became uh I would say integral into now directing my life. Cause see, as an entrepreneur, one of the problems that you have, if you really want to represent your faith properly, yeah. it's very difficult to blend business and faith. It's very difficult uh, because traditional business methods oftentimes will tell you to be ruthless, to be cutthroat, Mm -hmm. uh, to cheat, to lie, to steal, to do whatever it takes. And then when you fold in your, uh, your, your faith, then you begin to realize we don't do that. It's not just a pastor that doesn't do it or shouldn't do it, (laughs) but we don't do that. And, and now understanding the idiosyncrasies Mm -hmm. and the, uh, the idiosyncratic nature of how you build a business and be an entrepreneur and not work yourself into the grave and do it in a way that's honorable and ethical and moral and do the things the way God would want it done. Um, it began to reshape how I moved. Absolutely. And then I began to realize something as, cause I have spent in, in my career, uh, I've probably spent a half a million dollars, not me personally, but companies, things they sent me to stuff yeah. that I bought and sent, but I probably spent a half a million dollars on training and realizing today that 90% of what I learned mm-hmm. came straight out of the Bible. Huh? I mean, straight out of the Bible. It, it is absolutely bizarre. And so now Part of what we do, as you know, um, with with one of our companies, we have a leadership development company that yeah. we work with Christian entrepreneurs. The reason why I'm so passionate about that is because I know what it's like. I know what that feels like to want to build and struggle with how do I keep my faith where it needs to be mm-hmm. while I pursue uh, the things that are in my heart and, and to do it well and to prosper and to grow and to do all the things that are necessary to be available uh, for kingdom purposes. And that that's kind of the, the reason behind the leadership development is that very story that beautiful. I just told you about where beautiful. I came from. Yeah. I know there, it was a very difficult thing for me mm-hmm. to try to blend and to understand how do they work together? Absolutely. And as you teach these lessons and you start to grow and expand, and, and I, I want to say as a minister and as someone who's teaching and, and you have this um, group as your church, you know, grow, your community is growing and 
I want to say this, what happened, because this is kind of our question that we used to ask everyone is, can you give us what happened during COVID? What happened to the community? What did you guys have to do during that time? And probably what you guys are doing now to kind of pivot back to more a semblance of groupings. Yeah. You, you want to know something really bizarre? What's we, grew. we grew. We grew. Okay. We had, we had our best year ever. Nice. And when I tell you our best year ever, I'm, I'm not kidding you. We doubled. Nice. Doubled wow. 2020 and 2021. Um, it was phenomenal. And, and we had to make adjustments when it first went down. Well, churches were already considered an essential service. Oh yeah. So we were able to continue to operate and we went online for about, I want to say maybe two months or so. Um, but I don't know if you happen to see, but we were on, uh, we were on Fox. We were on, um, uh, channel three. We were on channel five. We were actually, we found toilet paper. Remember when the toilet paper? Yeah, thing yeah, was yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So we found uh, toilet paper. And what we did was there was a operational inefficiency in the supply chain. Sure. You couldn't yeah. get it in the supermarkets, but you could get it commercially. And as long as, because commercial paper came from a different supply Source. chain. Yeah. And you couldn't sell commercial retail but you can give it away. Yes. So we bought 7,000 rolls of toilet paper. That's and awesome. We literally had our churches at uh, 50, we're at 43rd Avenue and Olive. Mm -hmm. From 43rd Avenue and Olive all the way to 59th Avenue was the line of vehicles. So the police came out and said, we got to redirect all of this and serpentine it through your parking lot because you have shut down traffic. And so Channel 10 was out there, uh, 15, 3, uh, 5. Did the captain come yell at you or was he just like, okay, we get what you're trying to do. Let's just make it safer. No, he didn't. He wasn't. They were, listen, they, they literally sent two, because we have a very good relationship with Wendell. Yeah, yeah. Right? So they sent two officers help us. And they just really literally just directed traffic That's through the parking awesome. lot. And, and you would have been shocked at the people uh, driving up in uh, Lexuses, Mercedes, BMWs, talking about they need toilet paper. And they tried to offer us money. They're like, can we just pay for it? We're like, no, we're not, we're not doing this. We're, we're, do, we're a part of this community. We are in a position that we can help. We figured out a way to help. And this is what we're going to do. Yeah. And so it was, it was COVID. I know for, for a lot of people was a very difficult time. And I don't, I don't want to diminish that or, or take away from that. But what I do understand from our perspective is we were able to help our community in a way that we had never been able to do before. Mm -hmm. We were able to, we gave away book uh, backpacks when kids went back to school uh, when they first went back to school, we had a backpack drive. We had a resource fair where we gave away free haircuts and stuff nice. like that. So we were actually in position to do so much more and to meet the needs that it was just, you know, I don't want it to ever happen again. <laughs> Are you following what I'm saying? Yeah, yes, of course. But at the same token, um, our experience wasn't. Yeah. Uh, as bad because a lot of churches closed mm -hmm. a lot. When I tell you a lot, I mean, a lot of churches went under. Oh, I imagine uh, a lot of organizations shut down. Um, it, it, it's a lot of people lost their lives, lost their loved ones. I mean, it was a terrible time. Yeah. Uh, and, and we're still coming out of the throes of all that. However, um, we were able to fare very well and it was, it was definitely for us an opportunity to step up. Yeah. You know, and that's one of the things that I think 
what we've heard here in our kind of podcast, you know, previous episodes, other entrepreneurs from different backgrounds and kind of hearing what I like to, to say, the silver lining, you know, this is something that I think you can hear in, um, in the Bible. There's, there's stories of, you know, dark times, but also there's something, a, a, a beauty to something happening, coming from it. Um, there's a, for me, there's a kind of point where we were like, okay, how do we transition? How do we, how do we pivot ourselves? And I didn't know if this podcast was going to last actually, just because of where I don't want to be the individuals who's, who's harping on bad stories and kind of like, Hey, where are you guys at? Where are you guys like, you know, are you guys still surviving? But the, to me, what happened was uh, I learned so much about my own community, about how individuals were pivoting and making themselves stronger. And actually, and one of the things that I kind of hear most is sitting down and, and taking the time to look inward, to ask themselves, what did they bring to their to their group or what they're doing as a service and really honing in on what makes them best and trying to help manage to survive that portion and allow the community to allow them to keep above where they can stay alive. And so we've had numerous amounts of those stories where like, it was horrible. We don't want it to happen again. We, 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 we just want things to change, but we did okay because we had a bigger, there was something bigger the people who loved us loved us enough to bring their friends and family to support us. And I think that's something that is beautiful about not only where we live in Arizona, but just Phoenix in general too, is something that I've liked to hear. And that is something that I would, I'm going to ask you is, you know, what you've learned from the community that you live in locally. Um, that's something I would like to ask you, but that's something that we've kind of generally built on our backs here at the podcast, just kind of hearing those stories and hearing those silver linings. Yeah, we, um, the Marine, one of the slogans of the Marines is they run towards the sound of chaos. And I think that um, what was probably the most profound moment for me, because I'm, I'm the guy who runs into it i don't mm. run from it yeah um it, it's like it, it, i kind of joke around my wife like if she jumps out to scare me she always steps back before she'll do it she doesn't she's not in because i'm not a person that freezes and runs i'm a person that reacts and so for her it's like we play with it we're like you know you got to make sure you keep a certain distance yeah i might respond yeah. not knowing until it's too late you know um Cause I'm just that type of person where I, I run towards it. And so watching how the people around us ran towards the chaos, yeah, they didn't run from it. They didn't hide. They, they saw an opportunity in darkness in trauma in, in, in situation and said, you know what, we're going to go the other way. While everybody's running, while everybody is shrinking back, we're going to go full on because yeah. if we're going to trust God, then we're going to have to trust God. And if you can trust God in the good times, then you better learn how to trust him in the tough times. Absolutely. I think the second thing I learned is people are way stronger than we give credit for. In other words, I think that oftentimes there is a uh, belief or personification uh, of people that they're, they're, they're not going to make it. They're not able uh, we are much more competent and much more capable than I think people realize. Yeah. And watching that competence and capability move into performance, because, you know, potential is one thing, right? Mm -hmm. Every, everybody technically has some level of potential. Yeah. But the reality is potential is never um, quantifiable performance is quantifiable. We can say you have performed, you have done. And so I think for me, those are the two things that kind of the, the lessons, if you will, coming yeah. out of this is that people are ready to, to attack. People are ready to, to attack the problem. People are ready to run towards the sound of chaos. Mm -hmm. And what I love about uh, 
our community, what I love about our church, what I love about, we have, um, we have thousands of entrepreneurs that we mentor, uh, Christian business owners that we mentor uh, on a weekly basis in our, uh, our group. What I love about all of those that are connected in various different ways, we also have a Bible college uh, where we train up students. Um, one of the things that I've learned and loved about those people is they might not have seemed like prior to COVID that they were ready to fight. Yeah. But when, you know, when everything hit the fan, mm -hmm. everybody came together and said, what are we going to do? And I think that's the difference with the entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. That's, you know, you know what I mean? It's like, it's just in you, 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 you know, oh, yeah. every, every opportunity of chaos, uh, there's a moment where it's, it's, it's potential, it's opportunity. It's something yeah. that can be done. And I think when you look at it that way, you almost become wired that way. Mm -hmm. And so that's what, that's kind of the thing that I walked away from it with was just, you're not going to get us with a disease. I don't care how widespread it was. You're not going to take us down with not, this. Yeah. Not with the spirit and the mindset that, you know, the faith and everything combined. I think that that really does. I, and it, I have real, like that's my joy is being able to hear and, and be reassured by some of the stories, not just yourself, but you know, others, you know, in the community around us who you, you, you never believe it, but it's like, we've had anywhere between healthcare provider, like it's just really random who gets comes through our doors, but you know, to see it on every scale, every inch of the world, like every inch of like services, businesses, entrepreneurship, everything was affected. And to see the individuals come out and, and like you said, face the fear and, and just be myself reassured hearing that from them, just, it made me feel good. You know, it made me feel good about that. I kept this podcast going and I can hear those stories. That's what made me feel good. Um, I like to, towards the end of our podcast, get a little bit more personal, but in the sense of learning your routines and some of the things that you like to keep in your life um, in a, on a daily like check so that you can keep yourself balanced. Um, whether that, I know you're probably praying uh, on the daily, but I'd like to know other things. Do you like to exercise? Is there something else? Maybe something that someone wouldn't know about you yourself that you would like to keep in your repertoire? Sure. Um, yeah, I, I think there's, there's several things and I don't know if she sent you a link to the video, but I did a video of a day in a life, um, which actually uh, chronicled what a real day in a life looks like, but I'm an early riser. So I'm up at four o'clock in the morning and um, that's my quiet time. That's my prayer time. That's my uh, self-development time. Um, then I, I work out, uh, my wife and I, we swim uh, and then we do weight training for a half hour. We swim for a half hour and my daughter's with us. She's five years old. So we're teaching her because I, I wish one of the things that I, I regret, which wasn't necessarily within my control. Mm -hmm. However, I, I, I wish I had a better example of what healthy living is like. Yeah. And I didn't have that. And so now on the journey that I'm on, um, at my, at my highest weight, I was 80 pounds heavier than I am today. And so, um, getting to a better place of health and understanding longevity and understanding that the pace we move and the things we do, you know, we operate two nonprofits and we have, uh, three, four profit businesses. There's a lot going on in a day. Yeah. So the, the exercise, the working out, uh, the eating well, all of that stuff is important. And we try to make sure that our daughter is involved in that. Yeah. She's only five years old, Yeah, but she's learning. We put her on the machine and we put only, you know, five pound or two and a half pound weights. Yeah. We let her just, you know, we want her it. to just get into the, the habit of it um, because, you know, she's got to learn. And so everything with me is by the schedule. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, there, there's just meetings with different key people, you know, just keeping a schedule. And I think 
one of the things we teach in our in our business masterclass is how to build that type of schedule. And I think the greatest boom that I've seen is bookending. In other words, I have a routine in the morning mm -hmm. that does not change. I have a routine at night that does not change. Everything in the middle is absolute chaos, <laughs> right? You, 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 it's, it's subject to the day is subject to what's on the schedule. Yep. But if it ain't on a schedule, it does not get done. It's that yeah. simple. I love it. But what I do is I frame that day, um, with things that I know help me Absolutely. that are relaxing to me, that are yeah. peaceful to me, that are settling to me. And I think that's the biggest, uh, boon, if I could say it that way too. Uh, what I do. And then I think the second thing is I don't work on a manager schedule. Mm -hmm. I work on a maker schedule. And so are you familiar with the difference between those? No, I'm not. I was just about to ask you that. A maker schedule and a manager schedule are very different. A manager has from 1045 to 1115, from 1115, right? It, it's yeah. all a maker which I'm willing to bet you, and I'm not a gambling man, but I'm willing to bet you money. You're more of a maker than a manager. And I can tell just by talking to you. And I'm, and I'm gonna tell you why. One stupid meeting or conversation can mess up the entire day and just shift you off to a place where you don't wanna be. Yeah, That's not a manager, that's a maker. So a maker has to have larger blocks of time to be creative. Yeah. So I can't, I can't think about a sermon for an hour sure. or for yeah. 15 yeah. minutes. I need two hours, three hour blocks of time, uninterrupted, door shut, yeah. phone completely off, in the zone, no distractions whatsoever. And it might, I might not get where I need to be until two and a half hours in. <laughs> But that last half hour, brother, <laughs> is fire. Yeah. And so, and so that's a maker, though. That's not a manager. A manager yeah. can shift between, you know, every 15. That's my wife. Minutes. That's my wife. She's the she's the manager. She's and I'll, I'll let you I'll let you. I'm the same way. I, I definitely I would say I'm a maker, but I'm also like you, where it's like a bookend. I like to have something that I like to do, which is go for a walk with my son. My son's 15 months. And some of the things that I like, thank you very much. Um, walk with the family, just outdoor, you know, just a nice little walk, whether it's with the dog or with, uh, with just little man. Um, I just enjoy it just because it gets my mind away from, you know, the norm, like the house stuff, all of the work stuff, um, because I do have a work office. It's just one of those things like I get away from it all separate myself just me and the family and then at the end of the day is the same way it's just his it's more of my son and i and my wife like the, the bedtime routine you know after he goes down it's like bath time um you know a little bit of like changing time you know a little bit of play time but always it's in that order i'm definitely the one thing that i told my wife is like i want to put him to sleep that's the one thing that is the bookend of my day. I want to be the one who's holding him and who puts him in his crib to bed every night. And that's what I've been doing. That's awesome. Isn't it wonderful? Yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. I, it's my favorite part of the day because I know it's going to come and he's just, he's down for the night. And it's just like, again, it's like, it's a relaxing feeling. Like he's down for the night. I go back to work because I work, you know, a split shift, but it's just one of those things. It's like, it, I need it because it is something that is the bookend to his day, but also kind of my day. I get through it's less like it's a downshift. Everything is just after that. I do a little bit of work about an hour and then I relax and then go to bed. And then it's just like, it's one of those things. It's like, I need it because I love hanging out with him all day, but it's the one time that I know that he is just at peace and I know the house is calm. Everything's calm. I don't need to worry. I'm just at peace. It's, it's such a, it helps you with your creativity. Mm -hmm. It helps you with your longevity. It helps you. Uh, sometimes people think they can just burn the midnight oil and you can't, you, you, you know, I can, I cannot work the best of them. To, uh, I have that work ethic in me. 
I'm not going to kill myself. I'm not going to mm-hmm. run and run and run and run and run mm-hmm. and run and run. Um, you know, I'm looking to make the most out of that time mm-hmm. so that, like you said, there's those moments where you can disconnect. And you know what the funny thing is? I get I get better ideas when I do that. Yeah. In the peace and in the walking away and, and in the yeah. doing something completely different. And greater ideas come and greater understanding comes. Agreed. Because I'm able to, you know, they call it pulse and pause. But, it, it, you know, being able to do that is critical. It's absolutely critical. I, I just, again, I thank you for for just taking the time out of your day to, to do this. I know you're a busy man, but I'd like to ask you one one more thing about your writing and being yeah. an author and just, you know, I, I myself am just curious about it because I have had some writers come in and authors come in and, and they've encouraged me to do some writing myself, but I've, I'm interested in just kind of hearing from yourself is just the, is there a routine to your writing? Is there a way, like, is it again, the, the makers, like I need two hours to just put down on paper for this book, or was it just kind of like you've had these writings throughout uh, a period of time. Did you take a season to write like a summer to write? Like what was this latest book, which is called the elephant in the bedroom? Like I, I didn't get into doing my own research about what the book is about, but if you want to give us a little preview and then let us know how you got to it. Sure. Um, I'm going to give you the secret. Okay. Um, the only thing that I write actually sit down and write it is we do a weekly uh, leader cast for Christian entrepreneurs. Okay. It comes out every week, every month, called Monday Morning Masters Mind. Every Monday morning, we send out a five to eight minute video um, that is a biblical principle that applies to business and being an entrepreneur or your career um, that we give that for free mm-hmm. and people are enrolled and subscribe to that. And it's, it's literally weekly mentoring. That's the only thing that I actually write from scratch. Oh, okay. Nice. And so now the last book we just did was actually leadership, uh, leadership, which is a, uh, collection of those. It's a 52 week, 52 of those that now has, you know, reflection writing. Got it, so got it. that book came from taking those writings, putting them together as a devotional, if you will, mm-hmm. and then creating that book. So the process for that is I just, I, I literally block out time and just keep working on it. Got it. Piece by piece. You know, it's yeah, just, yeah. you know, how do you, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? Right. So every day I try to devote a certain amount of time. Some, some days, you know, I'm killing the game. <laughs> some days it's, it's nothing. And yeah. what I try to do is, but to devote that time every single day yeah. to do Absolutely. The other books, the theology books, which I've put out two of those in one year uh, before, that's a different ballgame. And here's here's the secret. Okay. I preach it first because I'm, I'm a better orator than I am a writer. Got it. What I will do is preach it first. And then when I have the CDs, let's say, uh, for example, The Elephant in a Bedroom, uh, which we're working on part two to that book, but the first part of elephant in the bedroom was actually, we've been doing a series on relationships. Mm-hmm. My God, for 10 years now, every um, uh, Valentine's day, we do a series called the elephant in the bedroom. So it's one, two, three, four, five. And we've done literally like 10 of them. Okay. Out of the counseling that I do out of the spiritual guidance that I do for married couples, people, premarital relationships, those sermons have been developed to deal with and answer problems. Got it. So when I actually speak it, I mean, I study it, I write an outline and then I'll preach it. Then I take that and have it transcribed. And then when it's transcribed, I will send it through an editor Hmm. who will fix it to where it reads more like a book. Yeah. And then they give it back to me. And then I take that manuscript and I go through it, make adjustments, take this out. That's the only way I've been able to be as prolific. I, that is, that is ingenious. That is 
that is something that I have thought about in my own way, like about like this podcast I was like, how do I turn something like this into a book or something like, how do I turn a journey that I take on my own? Because uh, just a little about me, I'm, I'm native American on my mom's side. And so just kind of like some of the things that I want to do is language and culture based for that that side of my family for future projects um, that involve podcasting and involve, you know, um, audio based, but it's just, again, I've wanted to turn it into books or a series of books, but it's, it's for me, I was like, well, how do I do that? And that to me is just the thing that like I was thinking of, like the idea the format uh, that I was thinking of. And I just never, I never thought it was possible, but to have someone tell me and then, and, give me the, the, the plan view. This is like, it is possible. It is, it is, you are absolutely capable of doing it. So thank you. I mean, I've I've learned a lot from you. Because I speak better than I write. It's easier for me to speak it and flow with it. And it just comes out. And then, like I said, I, I send it over to a transcription service. It's automated. They turn it into text and then it goes to the editor. They get a rough draft going and now all I got to do is kind of tweak it and go. Nice. And, you know, and one of the things I've learned, this is just what works for me. I never decide on the title and I never okay. decide on the chapter headings until after it's fully written. I like it. I like it. Oh, well, I, I do I, that, then all the pieces kind of jump out at you. I just, I very much have learned so much from you today. And I really do appreciate you on so many levels now. And, um, Again, I just, this has been fun for me. I, I really do um, honor the time that you've, you've given me. And so this is the end. We usually kick it to yourself to let us know every little bit of uh, the promotional bits, uh, where they can find you online, uh, the address, the phone number, um, anything and everything under the sun. Go ahead and promote uh, yourself. And I think it's Stone Point Community Church. Stone Point Community Church, which is SCC, uh, dot church is our is our website. Um, we have a Bible college, which is LifePoint uh, Christian University, and you can Google that. It'll come up, and that's where we do. We offer from associates to uh, doctorate uh, degrees, um, obviously, you know, associates, two years, bachelor's, four years, master's, and then doctorate. Um, we also have a publishing company, uh, which is how I learned how to do <laughs> what I just told you, <laughs> and um we, I have a, um, a high-end watch uh, brokering business where people who are looking for high-end watches, Rolex, Breitling. Um, I wasn't going to say anything, but uh, I see it on your hand. I was like, uh, is, I was that... Gonna... <laughs> <laughs> well, is that? I was going to ask you off, off the air. I was like, is that a Rolex? <laughs> um, so we, we deal in wholesale on those. So when people are looking for a uh, particular type of watch, I, I source it for them. Awesome. And, um, and usually I get it wholesale, that kind of thing. So that's that's one of the other things. And then we do the leadership development, which is we work with uh, Christian entrepreneurs who are either starting out or they're in eight figures, seven figures, and looking to grow and scale, uh, six figures looking to grow and scale. And so we have a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, that's uh, geneherndon.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can get to that. The the um, weekly mentoring, the free weekly mentoring yeah. is m4.geneherndon.com. And it's free to sign up um, and you'll start getting an email every morning uh, or every Monday morning at four o'clock because that's yeah. the time I get up. And so it comes out early. It's, it's designed to be very short and compact, but a lot of information, a lot of things you can just walk away and apply it. Awesome. Um, it's, it's designed... For the for the busy person who doesn't have four hours to invest, yeah, it's five minutes, eight minutes. You'll get a lot out of it, and literally, you can turn around and apply it uh, immediately. And so, we usually take one biblical principle that is applicable to your career or to your business, and uh, we teach you how to level up when it comes to uh, working through your business. I love it, and i I'm very excited to. I'm gonna try and. Um... 
try and come and manage to visit your service, like your, your, your church. I want to come in person and meet you. And okay. I actually would love um, to leave an open door for you, for you and your entrepreneurs and all your students. Um, I'm a man just willing to sit down and hear the stories of many. Um, so again, open door policy for you and your group. If you feel like you have someone who you think would be a good fit for us, or if you want to just highlight someone in their, you know, the time that they've been uh, highlighting themselves. So it's just like, you know, open door policy here. So please Absolutely. send them on in. Um, we'll do. We'll do. I really enjoyed this time. And, and, and I know I, I thank you for sharing and showing the honor towards me, but I assure you, I'm honored to be here with you. And I appreciate the opportunity. Um, I appreciate the discussion. I appreciate getting to know you more. Thank you. Uh, because I, you know, I, I've been on your Facebook, I've been on your webpage, but you never get the true gist of a person until Absolutely. you have. Yeah, until you meet a face to face. So I appreciate it. Uh, before we go, go ahead. Uh, go ahead. Say, if you ever need anything from me, I'm open. So whatever you Absolutely. need, you know. I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Cause I would love to meet your group and I'd love to have a con like, I would love to really get to know your entrepreneur group. Cause they seem like a really good, it seems like a really good fit for me too. Um, so before we go, ladies and gentlemen, we can hear every episode of our podcast at finding Arizona We make it easy for you guys to connect with us. So everything is under finding Arizona podcast, social media wise, last but not least, if you want to become a super fan, there is uh, bonus content available at patreon.com slash fighting Arizona podcast. Last but not least, we say goodnight to your goodbye to Dr. Gene and to everyone watching and listening. So we will see you on the next one. And as always, for every episode, we end with a kisses, hugs, and belly rubs to our four-legged friends. Catch you all on the next one. Bye, y'all.